silence. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Boo-boo. May I have your attention, please? Clear the floor, because our forever queen of morning radio, the one who says it like it is and doesn't give a shit, the motherfucking real deal, Miss Kicking the Door, Waving the 4-4, now has a podcast, and it is on fire. Make way for the one, the only, Miss Nah. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of On Fire. Had a pretty lit weekend. (laughs) Can you tell I just sound messy, right? (laughs) Okay, so this is what it is. I'm (laughs) low-key recording this tipsy. (laughs) Ah, So, there were two birthdays in my family this past week. If you were fine, fine gal, it's your birthday. The seventh was my sister-in-law, Marcy, who was such a blast. Uh, we went out to Mr. Hibachi because she loves, you know, the food there. And I, I, this is my second time going to Mr. Hibachi. And I really just think it's awesome going there with the kids because, you know, when they see the chef come on the grill and he lights the fire and whoosh, it goes up in the sky. And, ah, everybody screams like it's such a good time for families that I really, really love it. My daughter loves it. My niece loves it. Like it's it's a good time. So there's that. Then <laughs> on the ninth Sunday was my mom's birthday. Yeah. So boy. we all get together, and of course your bartender Supreme comes through with an appropriate drink for my mother's celebration. So my mother is very very creepy. She and my dad were marriage counselors until my dad's passing. Uh, She works with the youth ministry in her church. Like, she's very, very Osofa mommy, right? But with my dad's passing, she decided that she was going to live a little, you know? So she had certain things on her bucket list. And one of them was, you know, uh, enjoying an occasional uh, grown-up beverage, So celebrating her birthday with her grown ass kids, what better time than to have a grown up beverage dedicated to your shindig. So I found a drink uh, called Holy Water. (laughs) Holy Water. Holy Water. And I mixed this thing up and we sip, sip, sip all through the day and had a real good time. Great food. And of course, my mom loved, loved, loved her various gifts that she got. And it was all in all a good time. Needless to say, there was plenty holy water left over. So I'm not even going to lie to (laughs) y'all. I've been sipping, sipping, sipping. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. So when I tell you I'm low-key tipsy really means I'm drunk. All right. Okay. So, um, happy birthday to my sister-in-law, Marcy, and my mom. And, um, yeah, let's get this show on the road. All right. Oh, my bad. You want to know what's in it? Yes! Yes! Okay. Here we go. This is the recipe for one drink or one glass. Okay. So you can multiply the amounts as you see fit, depending on how many people you're catering to. Okay. But here's the recipe for holy water. So it's four ounces of lemonade, one ounce of vodka, one ounce of rum, half an ounce of peach schnapps, and half an ounce of blue c- 
curacao. Is that how you say it? Curacao. Yes. So you mix that up and it's this pretty bluish green color. And we call it Huliwata. And it's so good. So good. I'm not even going to lie. It's a bit strong. So, you know, everything in moderation. Or just add a little more lemonade. Now let's get let's get down to business. Okay, let's let's do what we have come into the room to do. Uh-huh. Here we go, y'all. Episode six. So uh of course wanna start off and say uh happy birthday also to the late great Whitney Houston. Yes, there were so many tributes online and it it just brought many a tear to my eye because Charlie, isn't it fucked up how she went out? And then like what, a year later? Her daughter dies the same fucking way. It's just such a tragic story for a woman who was once such a very beautiful, beautiful, bright and shining star. So definitely rest in peace to Whitney Houston. We also celebrate the birthday of hip hop. Yes, this past week. Somebody in here, it's your birthday. It's your birthday. Somebody in here, it's your birthday. It's your birthday. Somebody in here, it's your birthday. It's your birthday. Everybody move like it's your birthday. So yes, all my hip-hop heads, we are celebrating. And congratulations are in order for one of hip-hop's OGs who will soon be celebrating a birth of his very first grandchild, T.I. <laughs> oh my goodness. So T.I.'s stepdaughter, Zanique, is pregnant, okay? And you're thinking like, so who cares? But it's the way he found out she was pregnant, though. <laughs> it was hilarious. So there's some show online with T.I., his daughter Zanique, Romeo, um, a couple of other, you know, celebrity kids. And on the show, live while we're watching this thing, like it's streaming live. And then somebody holds up, I think the host of the show holds up a sonogram and says one of the people on our panel is expecting a baby and ti is like <laughs> well i'm done having kids so you know it can't be me and surprise surprise it is his stepdaughter zanique he raised zanique since she was like a child so that's his baby girl right Ooh, ti was so mad he was so mad and of course, he tried to hold it down, but he was like, no, this is a joke. Y'all are pranking me. You got to be pranking me. At some point, he was like, you know what? I'm, I, I need a drink and I'm going to go find a blunt. And he like stood up and left <laughs> to go find a blunt. Of course, uh, his wife, Tiny, stepped in and she knew she had known all along. So she was there to, you know, kind of help soothe him but it was just so funny if if you've if you've ever listened to me uh on radio then you know how i feel about ti despite all his faults i think he is an amazing father yes i know people were upset that uh he was speaking on his daughter's virginity on somebody's podcast a while ago and there was all the controversy surrounding that however look he's a great dad I would rather have T.I. as a father than future. For real? Damn! I'm, ju I'm just keeping it real, okay? So, salutes to T.I. Grandpop. <laughs> Grand hustle. Grandpa hustle. <laughs> I love it. All right, y'all. Let's get this show on the road. 
So today, the 14th of August, not only do you have a new episode of my podcast, but you also have a new album from Burner Boy. It dropped um, yesterday. The 13th is called Twice As Tall. Now, this album is executive produced by Diddy. And normally, I would be super excited uh, upon hearing such news. But the first thing that came to my mind was Debunge. Y'all remember how excited we as West Africans got when we heard that and when we saw for ourselves that Kanye was in a room with Debunge, with Pusha T, with Kid Cudi, with Dun Jazzy, and there was all this playing of Debunge's music going on and they were signing shit. And I was just like, ooh, he's going to the next level. You know what I mean? Because once you bridge that gap and connect with America, which really doesn't open its doors to African acts uh, because everybody's just hip-hop, 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 I was very excited. I thought this was going to be great for the bunch, but we all know how that story ended. Look, the truth of the matter is, once the bunch was no longer letting Don Jazzy steer the ship, that ship went off course real quick, real fast, and in a hurry, and it has not come back on its course since, right? Am I lying? Okay, then. So, naturally, I'm like, oh, no, Berna, is he getting with uh, a producer? Is he getting with a mega superstar in America? But is it going to flop because this person doesn't understand the African sound? I was really worried. But then I went on to read that 80% of the album was done before Diddy was brought in. So that gave me that gave me some reassurance. I'm like, okay, 80% done means there's not too much that Diddy can fuck up. Okay? Now, according to uh, reports, Diddy was able to bring in contributions from Timbaland. And Timbaland is always a good addition, right? He was also able to bring in contributions from Anderson Pac, who I absolutely love. So I haven't heard it yet, but as soon as, you know, I get a second, I'm sitting down and I'm soaking up this Burna Boy Twice as Tall album. So I'm feeling generous. I got some more new new for you. I decided to create a new segment, uh, Real versus Fake, okay? Um... <laughs> So I'm sure y'all all saw that Kanye got to tweeting again. What about Twitter? Me, I don't go Twitter. And I guess he was trying to shame people. Kanye said in his tweet, and I am paraphrasing, that I, he said, I was crying about my daughter being aborted. And you people were judging me. Like, what else should a man cry about? You know what I'm saying? Like, is this such a bad thing that I was crying about my daughter being aborted? Let me tell you something. This is what I was trying to tell y'all last episode when I said that Kanye, I am very convinced that he is mentally unwell because he's very aware of what he's doing, but he doesn't realize that what he's doing has certain consequences that don't look good. And so he's unable to edit himself because no, we, we have no problem with you crying about your daughter possibly being aborted. However, if you do not have the mental capacity to hold it together, because one, your daughter is alive and well, okay? So really, ain't nothing to cry about. And then two, 
the fact that you could not hold it together and uh, comport yourself being as you are trying to run for office and you are campaigning, you didn't realize that that was not the best foot to put forward? Bruh, that's fake right there. That's fake shit right there and mentally unwell. Let's look at what real niggas do. And I have loved this man for a very long time because not only is he hot, but he's just a good all-around guy. Dwayne The Rock motherfucking Johnson. Okay? This is king shit. This is what niggas, real niggas do. Did y'all hear or did y'all read? Did y'all see? Did y'all catch the news that Dwayne Johnson and his ex-wife, who also happens to be his business partner, they are part of a group that has purchased the XFL. I said, that sounds legit. What the fuck is the XFL? Let me go do some research. So I did. This is the off-season NFL, okay? The NFL is the Patriots and all those other more popular uh, uh, team names that you know, okay? The XFL uh, is the league that plays during the NFL's off-season, okay? So the winter break is when the XFL kicks in the gear. I think it's winter. Is it winter and fall or winter and spring? It's winter and something, okay? But there's two seasons that the XFL kicks into gear. So The Rock, Mr. Dwayne The Rock Johnson and his ex-wife have purchased that league. And I said to myself, wait, 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 wait. This is real nigga shit right here. Because let's take into account that sometimes when you break up with somebody, you never want to fucking see them again, do you? No, you don't. But these two have a child together. So even though he is remarried and he has given birth to two other kids, I think, I think he has three daughters in total. He and his ex-wife have continued to keep it pushing and keep it gangster and provide for those kids. I said, that's what I'm talking about. That's real nigga shit right there. Okay? So, real versus fake. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. One mark for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. All right? It's some more uh, re- real versus fake kind of news. Hmm. Common... And Tiffany Haddish, I don't know what is going on because y'all might love Tiffany Haddish. I don't. I stopped loving her a long time ago when I realized she was a one-trick pony. Okay, she's not funny. She got lucky with Girls Trip, and that was it. I don't think she's that funny. I've seen too many movies. I've seen too many stand-up comedy shows of hers that just aren't funny. And then she looked goofy. So I was like, what is Carmen doing with her? And then I was like, "Mm." but Carmen too, he's, he's, he's some type of shawl. So let me just, you know, fall back and, you know, I'm giving, maybe I'm giving him props he does not deserve. And I started to go down the checklist of all the people, you know, that he's low key been with. And then couldn't commit or it didn't work out. And I'm like, this is a grown ass motherfucking man in his 40s. You're supposed to be the conscious kind of brother. You see what I'm saying? Like, I I expect better from common. You see what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, let me not be a hater. 
it's all well and good. He's with Tiffany Haddish. Yay for them. And then am I reading somewhere that she's pregnant? I I don't even care that much. I did not go and look into it. I do not care. Right. But I said, okay, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. It's a good look. And then it was brought to my attention that this announcing of this happy relationship with him and Tiffany Haddish might be on some fake shit. Okay. Real versus fake. Hmm. If you do not know the name Jaguar Wright, please go Google her. I have been a fan of Jaguar Wright for many years. She came to my attention when she started rocking with the legendary Roots crew. Okay? She would tour with them. She would do a whole bunch of uh, background singing, even though she has a phenomenal voice. There's nothing background about her at all. The bitch is amazing. And then, you know, she she put out an album. I was fucking with that. But then I feel like she really blew up on everybody's radar when Jay-Z did the MTV Unplugged and the Roots played uh, for him. So Jaguar did Song Cry, right? And it, I, I got I got goosebumps just thinking about it. Okay, so Jaguar Wright has this phenomenal voice. However, her career never really went anywhere. And it was heartbreaking because she's amazing. The career just fizzled and she was never really to be heard of again. Until Malik B. See, I'm giving you all a history lesson right here. Malik B. If you do not know who Malik B. is, you are not a real Roots fan. Okay, Malik B is one of the founding members of The Roots. He passed away just, um, not this past week, the week before, right? So he passed away and there was all kind of tributes from the hip hop community, but everybody was low key saying, okay, we know Malik B, but like, really, what song was he on? You know what I mean? When you think The Roots, you think Questlove, you think Black Thought. But here's Malik B, one of the founding members. You know, uh, people are making all this noise. They're heartbroken. But then we can't even pinpoint him on a certain song. Well, this is where all the dots were connected. So Jaguar Wright, who has been missing in action, well, on my radar for a number of years, suddenly pops up on Instagram and she's recording these like one hour Instagram live videos where she is spilling piping hot tea on the roots. According to her, Malik B wrote so many songs, so many rhymes, but because of his addiction, he never really performed anything. He never really recording anything but these were rhymes these were bars these were lyrics that those who were close and in that circle heard him say time and time and time again like they knew his material okay then she says that there are a number of bars and verses that black thought has recorded that are really malik b verses but because malik b was so kind of messed up on drugs he didn't even remember that they were his verses Ah. he didn't even keep track like charlie he was just kind of 
out of it. And they took advantage of him. And she's calling, like she's calling everybody out. Not only is she calling out Black Thought for being a swagger jacker and stealing these lyrics and not taking care of this founding member of The Roots. She also talks about Talib Kweli. She talks about Common. And some of the shit that they got up to on the tour bus back in the days when the roots were touring. So as I listened to this, I said, oh, that wasn't no real relationship, Common and Tiffany. That's some fake shit. Fake versus real. I said, ooh, they just had to do some damage control. So they said, you know what? Let's start making all this noise about our relationship. And Tiffany had just possibly been pregnant and yada, yada, yada. So that we can drown out Jaguar Wright. One of the things that Jaguar Wright said about Common, she says that she remembers on the tour bus. Because, you know, can you, you can imagine a bunch of dudes on a tour bus with girls trying to throw themselves all willy-nilly, smoking on the bus, wilding out, performing, feeling like megastars. You can imagine the shenanigans, right? Well, Jaguar Wright claims that there was a lot of nastiness going on on that bus. And at one point, when she was asleep on the bus because she was touring with them, she was singing for them, she woke up and Common had his dick in her face, trying to shove it in her throat so that she could give him head. Hell no! Common. Common. Yes, Mr. Conscious Common, Mr. Poem, uh, at the end of all of his albums. Like, this is not a good look at all. At all. And of course, nobody, nobody is responding to any of these videos that she's putting out. I do know that, um, I think they said Questlove has blocked her. Um, I don't think Black Thought is saying anything, but she says that, look, until you people start putting some real respect on Malik B's name and his legacy, now that he's dead and gone, she says, I will drop these videos and release T each and every time I feel like it. So she is really out to embarrass these niggas. She and, and look, she kept it 100% real. She says that she was not taken advantage of because she realized that with these niggas, the only way to be successful was to do what they wanted. So, hey, they wanted to fuck, so she fucked. You see what I'm saying? So she was like, yep, Talib Kali. Yes, we fucked. Uh, did she, did she say black thought? Yep. But yeah, she was, she was calling out like all of them. She was like, yeah, that's the life they were living on that tour bus. And right now she says, I have carriage of secrets for years, but I will be damned if you people will let Malik B die like that without giving him any type of proper tribute. Mm -mm, she's angry, y'all. Go Google her. The stories are still posted on Instagram. It's man C. Of course, we got to keep it real when it comes to talking about verses, right? Yes, no two ways about it. Verses is a phenomenon that has taken the entire world by storm. We live for it. We live for Timbaland and Swiss Beats posting um, whoever's going to battle. And I'm just, I'm here for it. Speaking, speaking of battles, the last battle was hilarious. I told you guys that I really had no intention of watching Rick Ross and 2 Chainz battle. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I'm not. 
I, I acknowledge them. I, I respect them as, you know, incredible hip hop artists who bring a lot to the culture who, who need to be, you know, recognized in the game, but I'm just, I'm, I'm not a fan. Okay. No disrespect. Um, uh, of course, when Rick Ross came to Ghana huh. and I was, you know, <laughs> at Detsy Rave, Mr. Easy's concert. Uh, yeah, I was rocking, you know, I was rapping the lyrics that I, I, I didn't know. It was a good performance, but I'm not a fan. So I had no intention of watching the battle. Well, certain things, you know, you can't avoid it, right? If something is, is doing really well, everybody's going to be reposting it and all that kind of stuff. So I did happen to see their battle, well, parts of it. And I was so shocked and still so very proud that these two niggas had strippers. They had strippers who were fucking twerking for reals. I said, no, these men are not up in here. Spoken blunts. They got bottles of Ciroc and all on all other liquors, just like you know, like all around them, they rapping, they doing what, and they was just throwing this money on on these girls, and I said, wow, for the whole fucking world to see, really? <laughs> they said, you know what, we really are niggas, and we gonna show you just how much. <laughs> Look, I'm just proud that they kept it real, okay? There was nothing fake about that at all. 100% real, okay? But let, let's talk about the versus effect, okay? Real versus fake. I think it was hella fake for versus to make the cover of Billboard magazine. And they put up all the pictures of the various battles, the big ones. But guess who wasn't there? Beanie Man and Bounty Killer were not on the cover. And I said, oh, that's some fake shit. So I was very proud that Swiss Beats and Timberland kept it real. They said, uh-uh, we're not doing that fake shit. And so they changed the artwork themselves and said, you know what? This is what the Billboard cover for Versus needs to look like. And in the front, where Timberland and Swiss Beats photos were, they took their photos out and put Beanie and Bounty there. Because if you keep it 100 all the way real then you know that even if another Versus had better numbers, which was the case with Erica Badu and Jill Scott, however, when it came to the performance aspect, no other Versus did it like Beanie and Bounty. Nobody. Nobody did. And these men came through, had such a sound clash. It was fucking phenomenal. They even gave us a little bit of drama with the police coming to shut them down. Can we not do this right now? We got 500,000 people watching us right now all over the world. Do you want to be that guy? Do you, do you want to be this guy? You want to be that guy? <laughs> 500,000 people watching around the world. Do not be that guy. Like, that was drama. You know what I'm saying? That was a reality TV episode right there. <laughs> but um, for some reason, the people over at Billboard didn't think that the Jamaican dancehall culture was enough to make the cover of Billboard, which was shocking and disrespectful. So Beanie tweeted about it. Swiss tweeted about it. Um, Timbo. Um, I don't know if Bounty did, you know, but I, look, 
I'm I'm happy that Swiss and Timbaland kept it all the way real and took themselves off of the cover and put Beanie and Bounty there. Because yes, no other versus battle had the performance factor that Beanie and Bounty's did hand down. Okay? It, before that, there was no one. After that, there's been no one, nobody. Okay, yes, yeah, Snoop was entertaining with his little crip walk. That was cute. And of course, you got to give it up for uh, the strippers. They came through, but nobody gave you the vim and vigor that the dancehall master did. Okay, so in the midst of all huh, the shenanigans all around the world, um, some people are not having too great of a time at all. Everybody saw the footage coming out of Lebanon. It was heartbreaking. It was shocking. I can't remember who sent it to me. Ah, my homie, Mr. G.I. Shout out to you, Akwesi Dankwa. Uh, but he sent me this footage on Instagram. And I'm like, okay, what's this? And I'm watching. It says Beirut. And there's this smoke billowing out of a building. And then this shit just became a movie. You know, like in the movie when the big, like, you know, mushroom cloud, kaboom, and then it's a huge, like, I, I didn't know that it happened like that in real life. You see what I'm saying? I always thought that was some CG shit. But no, that that's really how shit explodes in real life. Like the big mushroom cloud in the sky, and then you see like this huge dome of energy just like explode all around like it was crazy i can't even explain it because i've never had to use these words like i've never seen shit been in the movie we're like we don't talk about this shit in real life like it's crazy so my def my heart definitely goes out to uh the people of beirut the people of lebanon um hmm, just to keep it all the way real since we finished talking about fake versus real hmm there are a couple of people who are like, they will not be praying for Lebanon at all just because of the treatment that black people get in these Arab countries. Yep. And I'm sure that you've seen that Ethiopians uh, in Lebanon are really going through it right now because a lot of them are brought into the country as house helps. And now that I guess those homes no longer need any help because, you know, they've been blown to smithereens. These people are just in the middle of a pandemic, just out there on the streets with nowhere to go and no way to fend for themselves. So it's a messy situation all around. Um, my stance is not as hard as that, you know, but just wanted to present both sides of the coin. I say pray however you see fit, but pray. Okay, they're yeah, trying times all around the world. The pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. The pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. The pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. Let me tell you again. This is a glimpse of hell, y'all. Y'all better start praying. This is a glimpse of what hell gonna be like. Okay, times hundred. So if you believe in those kind of things, now would be the time for you to make sure you are right with your God. Okay. All right. That's all I'm saying. Uh, another country we need to be praying for is Zimbabwe. Uh, there's a lot of, I feel like <sighs> police brutality is like the end thing this year. 
Okay? If you're not choking to death because Corona won't let you breathe, you're getting choked out by policemen and military people all over the world. So please say a prayer for Zimbabwe. Uh, protesters out there, you know, trying to get their voices heard and being brutalized. Sounds way too familiar. And it's a shame because it should not be. What a world we live in. Thank God for Michelle Obama and her podcasts. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like if there was ever a beacon of hope, the Obamas are it, aren't they? They are it. These are times where you're like, oh my God, is anything good left in the world? Michelle Obama has a podcast. I love me some Michelle and Barack. I really do. But of course, um, you can you can expect to hear him. She's going to have all the big names passing through. I think an episode has already gone by where Michelle Obama um, admits that um, she had low-grade depression just because of how awful 2020 has been. And it it makes sense that she would be depressed. Like, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if her husband was too. You know what I mean? Because you know that they were in office doing great work or at least trying to do great work and you make way for a new president and Trump comes in and you watch him just not giving a fuck about people, about a country that you cared for and worked so hard for for the past eight years. Of course, She's going to be depressed. If you haven't checked out her podcast, look at me plugging Michelle Obama. Like, y'all going to stop listening to my shit because y'all like, oh, Michelle Obama got a podcast. <laughs> but it can't be helped, okay? Michelle Obama has a podcast. Go check it out. That's all I'm saying. Well, you know what time it is. We talk about all the foreigners. Now it's time to bring it on home. Cue the drums. Okay, now I promise y'all that official Kwame and I were going to do a Black is King review. However, my equipment got really fucked up. It's almost fixed. And as soon as I get the call to pick her up, then yeah, official Kwame and I will get on the horn and we're going to break down this Black is King, okay? Hopefully you've watched it more than once. I've watched it like five times and it's still so good. But I'm not going to go into it. Too much, okay? All I'm telling you is that soon come me and official Kwame, all right? Bless the ambassador, still super busy, haven't been able to get him on the horn, so I know I promised you an interview with him, but um, he's busy. He works with Beyonce now, what can I say? <laughs> and some other great uh, Ghanaian collaborations, I'm very excited about this. And Wale, I believe it was Wale, who tweeted it that yeah man he getting together with Sakodia and there will be a collaboration and I am here for it. I love Sark, I love Wale, why not? Right? And I don't mean Shatawali, I mean Wale, the Nigerian rapper based in DC. Okay? So that's gonna be awesome. Unfortunately, I can't say it's all awesome in the Sark camp. So we know that Sark um working hard to bring us that virtual concert, right? Well, apparently, there was a little bust-up at the rehearsal for this thing. I'm sure by now everybody has seen the images of his manager, Angel's bandaged eye, 
okay? I was, oh, see, I can't even talk about it. But I was really hurt when I read this story because I love Angel. I've met him a couple of times, but he's a really, really nice guy. I mean, he, I call him, I'll call him a gentle giant, okay? He's tall, he's big, but he's so gentle and kind, and he's not giddy giddy at all, at all. So to see a picture of him with his eye bandaged, like he had come out of eye surgery, and then I'm reading that apparently he was busted in the face by Stone Boy. I'm like, what is going on? What's going on? Now, in addition to being pissed that this would happen to Angel who doesn't deserve it, I'm super duper pissed because Stoneboy, come on now. Look, it's not too long ago that you and Shata was on stage ready to, you know, go at it. We remember that. And we we also remember that the police got involved and the two of you were made to sign bonds and promised to be on your best behavior. Shata is over there doing Beyonce type shit and, you know, looking really uh, uh, nice and friendly with everybody. Didn't y'all just see a picture with him and R.I.B.? And I'm like, oh, so they're friends again now. So he really seems to be, you know, just the neighborhood friend to everybody. And now this comes out about you, Stone? No. Unacceptable. I remember a long time ago when I was interviewing Stone, he told me that he has a very bad temper. And he said, I'm a twin. I'm like, what What does that mean? He was like, yeah, I, he had a twin brother who died. If it wasn't at birth, it was very shortly afterwards. So he told me that he there are two sides to him. You see what I'm saying? So he's very aware that he has a temper, okay? I just want to know, bruh, what are you doing to control it? Because you got to do something. You can't be the type of artist that you are. You can't be the type of uh, father that you are. You know, we see him on Instagram with his daughter always being, you know, dad goals. We see that. You can't be the type of husband that you are and not deal with this. You have to deal with it or it's going to deal with you because you don't get that many chances, especially as an artist, to fuck up and still have the public love you. And at this point, bruh, you really need help because this is unacceptable. Because according to the story and the the info that I got... It was as simple as they were recording uh, the, the different performances for Sark's concert and Stone had been waiting for a while. Things were moving kind of slow and he was getting upset. So, you know, some people from Sark's camp came to calm him down, said, OK, bro, you know, we're going to make a quick change. And then once we shoot this, then it'll be your turn. Like that kind of conversation. You see what I'm saying? And it should have been as simple as, OK, I'm away or you know what? I don't have time for this. I'm leaving. 
But apparently he was upset and rah, 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 rah. So when word got back to Angel, Angel Town, Sark's manager, that Stone was still upset, he went over there, seeing as he is Sark's right-hand man, to, you know, calm things down. And I, I, I can I can bet, I can bet everything on it that Angel Town was not disrespectful. He does not come with that kind of energy. So it's a shame that it even had to go down like this. I'm I'm really, really disappointed. And I'm like, not only are the celebrities over there fighting or throwing punches, but the students are at it too. Bright's Senior High School. What the fuck is up with y'all? Okay, see... This this is what I'm saying. Y'all had no business rushing these kids back into school to take some motherfucking exam, okay? The whole world is on pause. Y'all could have paused and made sure that people were 100% safe and that their minds were right because never in the history of WIAC have I heard of students getting so fucking pissed off with the exam's invigilator that they beat his ass. I have never. <laughs> I have never heard of such a travesty in my life. Like, what the fuck is going on? Hey. Uh, 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 uh. Hey. I, yo, like, I'm sorry. I know that this is a hard, it was a horrible thing that happened. But I was reading this story like, good God damn it, these students are frustrated. Who want to travel to the examination hall in a Trotsky or in an Uber or whatever, petrified, like, oh my God, does this person have Corona? Am I going to get sick to come and sit there for some fucking exam that's hard as shit? And then vigilating, not letting y'all cheat. I beat his ass too. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Oh, this is too much. Oh my God. And then this other student who was cussing out the president because the questions were hard. Like, I'm sorry. The president did not set the questions, young man. Fellow Ghanaians. The president did not set the questions. Let's just keep it real. <laughs> so I know you want to cuss somebody out. But not the president, because now they done summoned this child, and now he got to apologize, and it's just, nobody needs the stress, really, okay? So, let's get it together. <laughs> and some more news. The rap group made up of twin brothers, Michael and Tony, a.k.a. Dope Nation, have suffered some disrespect at the hands of Kwame Eugene. Now, these brothers started out uh, signed to EL's VO Nation. Things didn't go as planned, and for whatever reason, they left and they moved over to Lynx Entertainment. Well, um, they've left Lynx, right? So I don't even know who they're signed to currently. But not very nice of Kwame Eugene to open up his mouth and say, oh, I'm glad they've, they've left. Oh, I'm glad they're gone. <laughs> what? Not cool at all. Uh, I, I know these two, these two brothers... And they're very, they're very chill. They've always been respectful to me. So it's a shame that Kwame Eugene would speak of them in such a manner. I'm glad that now what will be shared among four boys will be shared among two boys. I'm on bye-bye. But we all know that Kwame Eugene, nah, he nah, he must be worried I'm small. 
You see what I'm saying? So some of y'all young cats, like, just get it together. There's no need to be nasty. If they're if they've left and you're happy that they've gone, shut your mouth. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to do any type of press and put that out there. Uh, well, the twin brothers, when they were told this information, their reaction was very mature. They said, look, we are fans of Kwame Eugene. Uh, we'll continue to be fans. We think he's an amazing singer, but somebody really needs to teach him how to speak. And I'm like, well said. Well said. Yep. So look, the shadiness, the, the nastiness, like there's enough room in it for everybody to, to eat. Enough room for everybody to shine in this industry. Like stop the petty. And really, what what do you expect from a nigga that lied to you? about how much his shoes cost. Like, do y'all remember that? Remember Kwame Eugene was getting interviewed and they asked him how much his shoes cost? He said he got them from Zara. And they, what did he say? He said they were 700 pounds, $700. And then the messy, messy Ghanaians on the internet went to look and the shoes were like $48. Well, no, $700. <laughs> what else do you expect from a nigga who lies about the price of his shoes? Of course, he's going to say some ignorant shit. But anyway, I thought that was really... I thought it was tacky. I really did. I really did. But uh, congratulations are in order to Fella McCoffrey. Okay? I saw the video uh, with her and Medical looking real cute. It's for his new single. They on the beach doing their thing. And she has a baby bump. And I said, how cute. Sister Derby must be gagging. Don't lie to me. Ah, <laughs> uh, Sister Derby, um, GH socialites and occasional musician. Um, used to ex girlfriend of a medical GH, uh, big time rapper, right? Uh, they had a pretty messy breakup, uh, where she claims that he was already kind of creeping around with Fella McCaffrey, who's uh, a Ghanaian actress. And so, you know, it was a messy breakup. And then they got married. And now she's pregnant. And I'm like, well, good for her. I hope she makes a much better mother than Nicki Minaj will. And I wanted to talk about this last episode. And my sound designer, for whatever reason, cut it out. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I don't know if he's a Nicki Minaj fan, but nigga, you better leave it in this week, okay? Okay, I'll reload it. Nicki Minaj is pregnant, and I am just fearful for that child. <laughs> and on that note, what's <laughs> I'm only one thought for her unborn baby. Pray that she becomes a good mother. <laughs> And the world is a better place because 2020 ain't nothing but shit. And on that note, I'm out. My team is global, baby. So it doesn't matter where you are on God's green earth. Hit us up, all right, for promotion, advertising, new music releases. If you got relationship questions, I, I give great advice. I'm serious, all right? Drop me an email on fire at the gold coast report.com that's on fire o-n-f-y-e at the gold coast report.com you can spell that right you good you good or you can hit me up on whatsapp 
My number is 0508-747676. Don't forget, that's a Ghana number, all right? So make sure you put a plus 233 in front of that bitch if you internationally linking us. On Fire the Podcast is brought to you in collaboration with The Gold Coast Report at The Gold Coast Report. Artwork, Matthew Jr. Ade Mensa at Levi Mensa. We do not own rights to some of the music used in this podcast. Thank you.